Welcome to the latest issue of our Inside Fertilizer Analytics podcast. This is where one of our market experts here at Argus Media joins me to discuss the, the future of fertilizer markets um, and our view of future prices. We try and schedule these near the end of the week when most of the, the, the number crunching and the heavy lifting is done, the customer calls are finished, and we can sit back and reflect on, on the biggest developments that have happened and, and what they mean for the future. Today, I'm very glad to be joined by Clara Lloyd, who leads our phosphate fertilizer research here at Argus Media. She's, a, I guess, somewhat of an industry veteran. She, she ran our sulfur desk in the editorial team uh, before switching over to the consulting team a few months back to take on the phosphate lead for our forecast services. So uh, a switch of, a switch of uh, work type and, and market, but probably uh, good to move into a downstream market, I guess. So welcome, Clara. Really good to have you on. How are you today? Thanks very much, Tim. Um, it's good to be here and good to be uh, talking about the phosphates market um, now that I've hopefully found my stride. How have you found that change, switching over to to uh, to a role which is looking towards the forecast and analytics area and also switching from from the raw material sulfur to, to process phosphates? Has that been interesting? I think um, as I was coming to uh, the end of my, my period looking after the sulfur market in editorial, I was finding that looking at the more forward-looking picture and being able to analyse and interpret uh, market shifts, patterns and fundamentals was something I was enjoying more and more every day. To, to have that opportunity to move to the consulting department was one I was really, really grateful to have offered to me. And I think when it came to phosphate, that, that having that new challenge with the sulphur market and sulphur industry being well, my working career from day one, being involved in it for 13 years, that change was also very um, welcome to me as well. But it's not a million miles away, obviously, with sulfur being that key raw material for the phosphates industry. So I was always monitoring it very closely on that day to day basis. So it's not completely unfamiliar, but it's also still been very much a new challenge and also quite a steep learning curve. But I'm enjoying it. Definitely. Well, it's been great to have you on board. And uh, and let's dive straight in. Uh, I guess there's so much we could discuss in, in the phosphate market currently. There's lots going on. Um, but let's let's start with the obvious thing with prices. Uh, looking back at prices, you know, prices were at a real low at the uh, beginning of, of 2020 before the coronavirus uh, epidemic was even uh, really an issue for any of us. But then we've seen prices really increasing all the way through last year and, and really rallying more more so in the last uh, weeks and month month or two. So how, how do you explain that, that rally in prices? Um, and you know, what do you think is the, the key driver behind what we've seen in terms of, of that market strength? I think really um, sort of when I'm looking at it, I think I want to look at it, I would say, in sort of a four a fourfold, a four prong attack, um, shall we say, of why these prices have been moving. I think obviously when we came from the middle of 2018, phosphate prices had not been having the easiest of rides and not been having the easiest year. Obviously, a lot of that led as well and knocked on to that raw material market. And we saw as a whole that commodities, fertilizer commodity sector in the, the, sort of the phosphate, sulfur, sulfuric acid area really did see prices diminish and fall. But I think when we talk about obviously the start of 2020 and COVID wasn't necessarily outside of China, that bigger problem. But obviously, it hit China very hard and very fast. And we saw that phosphates market for those guys completely shut down beyond the usual closure of what, two, three weeks over Chinese New Year. And that really did sort of start to spur the worry about the supply side of that phosphates industry. 
obviously then when we look at another big hub of the world when it comes to phosphates is India and COVID very, very abruptly shut down the Indian well, economy to an extent in India, India as a country from the end of um, March all the way through to the end of April. I mean, luckily for the phosphates production side of things, it did coincide with periods of planned maintenance from the likes of FACT. But at the same time, it did last pretty much that full six week period. So, again, there was that sort of halt in liquidity with India being the biggest import market and also the production side of things for India. Again, a huge phosphate market was a problem. So I think COVID was that sort of limiting side of things early on. But to linger with COVID as time has gone on, I mean, you look at the Chinese market as an example, I think is one for me I find interesting. Their policy was to become less reliant on finish on using fertilizers by now and zero growth by 2020. Um, also looking at not expanding agricultural land volume across any further and relying on imports of agricultural commodities, such as grain, for example. But now with this uh, the worry of COVID, of the pandemic, they've removed that side of their policy for the short term, at least it seems. And now they're looking at producing more of their own agricultural products and crops. And therefore, we will see that bigger use of fertilizer. So COVID has moved from a panic about um, you know, the lack of trade and shortage of production to now being a factor. We are seeing up tightness shift because people are, in fact, using more because there is that emphasis on agricultural policy and food security of supply. So I think for me, that's one factor to think about. I think another factor to consider, which is one we've seen follow a trend across this year as well, is the soaring costs of raw materials. Um, you look at the sulfur market, you look at the sulfuric acid market, you look at the phosphoric acid market. All three of these very key raw materials have seen prices rise and you know, sort of drawing from, well, um, I would say my sulfur days you know, in, again, using China as that sort of rule of thumb. China sulfur should cost no more than a third of DAP FOB. And when you think you know, that sulfur prices now, we're looking at you know, upwards of 170, 175 CFR. And you know, I remember when I left sulfur back in you know, sort of the early end of October, we were barely scraping three digits. And we haven't seen a price over 100 in sulfur until last year for plus you know, 12 months. So I think the raw material side of things is pushing that up as well. But I'd say sort of a third factor, which for me is one which I think is approaching and impacting quite a large portion of the market in different ways, is the mosaic wanting the tariffs placed on, on U.S. imports from Morocco and Russia. And obviously, with the U.S. being blocked, shall we say, with these import tariff discussions still going on um, from Russia and Moroccan phosphates, we are seeing that there is a shortage of supply there and they are turning to non-traditional markets like Jordan um, and in Egypt and Saudi. So that's causing this misbalance in the global balance trade and system. And finally, the one I'd say is, of course, for me, in the, the nearer term, I think we're looking at this sort of more tightness in supply to help boost prices is, is maintenance, particularly because OCP is under maintenance for this quarter. Um, they're producing about 800,000 tonnes a month on granulation capacity, but that's obviously not just MAP and DAP. That goes down to them, to the NPKs and NPS. And obviously they have got a bit more of a focus, I would say, on NPS at the minute, just because of the fact that the Ethiopia tender is up and running for them. And they've got 1.1 million tonnes to fill on that side. So in that, hopefully I was a bit of a nutshell. Those are the four parts, I would say, is why we've been seeing these price rallies build over this last 12 months and to now. Excellent, Clara. That's, it, it sounds like a coincidence of factors have come together um, 
during the course of of, of the last 12 months, and I, especially more recently, you pointed to the, the shortness in in the, in the North American market for phosphates being a real driver at the moment, given that the lack of or the restricted supply from Morocco and, and Russia based on those on those t- uh, potential tariffs. I'd like to delve into the tariffs in more detail because I think that's something I really want to pick your brains on. But before we do that, can you just look ahead and think of of the next few months and perhaps even as far as the, the medium term? How do you think prices will develop in the future? Do you think this firmness in the market will continue uh, driven by the factors you've described? Or do you think things will ease uh, in prices in the next few months? Where do you think prices are, are heading? Um, I think on that sort of near-term side of pricing, I've been discussing this obviously with my colleagues in editorial um, because they look at that immediate market you know, with, with great detail as, as I used to. And, you know, discussing with them until April, we are seeing that tightness in, in supply dominating the market and we are seeing that trickle down to provide that support with pricing. Um, you know, there is that, that seasonal deficit in the market um, when it comes to the, the DAP-NAP side of things. Um, obviously, still, there is those concerns with, with lingering with COVID, which is putting that pressure on people to continue to buy fertilisers, continue to push towards food security, with agriculture being an essential industry. And that's encouraging, you know, in some areas of the world, an unseasonal level of purchasing. You know, we're still seeing, for example, in Southeast Asia and in India, buyers are still trickling in when really now we should, to an extent, be winding down. Um, But beyond April, you know, talking to our guys in editorial and also talking about the market a bit more widely, there should be some correction in pricing, you know, on the on the softer side of things. It's not necessarily going to be steep. It's not necessarily going to be sudden, but there should be that um, more uh, sort of softening lead in the market going with the seasonality and possibly back to that little bit more cyclical adjustments we're used to. I mean, we're not going to see you know, prices drop off that cliff edge. We don't expect as they did you know, back in July 2018. But definitely, you know, we are seeing possibly when it comes to at the moment looking like that balance will return a bit more April onwards, which should allow a bit of a slowdown and an easing in prices compared to what we've been seeing. Um, but when we look a little bit further along, I mean, 2022 at the moment, we are expecting to see a correction in pricing and a bit more dramatically, shall we say, um, and a bit more softening as we will return, we hope, to a post-COVID world and the normal market ebbs and flows will return. But also, I think, but we won't see, um, you know, as steep a softening as maybe was expected, just because there are some delays in new projects and new capacities coming online, which we'll see for us anyway in the 2023 to 2025 period, um, a bit more of a plateau in pricing. I mean, there will be gains to make because obviously you know, there is still that increasing expectation of, of the requirement for fertilizers, the requirement for phosphates. But new project capacities are expected to come on in a very concentrated period of a few years. So that price plateauing across the 2023-25 period is a little bit more likely from our side of things as project evolution stands at the moment. I got it. I guess there's a, there's a, a short term picture which is, remains quite uh, firm in terms of pricing and then things easing slightly over the seasonal lull we, we normally see over the summer time. But good to know, uh, to understand the, the longer term with that new capacity coming on stream, um, which will affect the longer term pricing. I'd like to uh, delve into this issue of uh, duties because it's one of the most interesting things that's happened in the last few months in, in the phosphates market. Trade, defence and anti-dumping duties are, are less, a less usual feature of phosphates than they have been in, in the nitrogen fertiliser sector. But we have seen this action from the US where the US Department of Commerce issued their preliminary decision to 
I think late last year, to place tariffs on Morocco, Moroccan and Russian imports of phosphates. And I think even in the last few days, there have been some confirmations of, of, of more detail of those duties. So can you explain what the impact of, of these new tariff barriers, these new anti-dumping duties have been on the market? Because the trade between Russia and, and um, Morocco to the U.S. is a key, has been a key feature of the processed phosphates business. So what's been the impact? Yeah, I mean, I think when it comes to this this topic, it's been one that has been hard to avoid. I think it, it's been a huge area of interest for you know, the whole phosphate supply chain, be it from raw material down to end product, even you know, obviously to the farmer as well. And as when we saw obviously Mosaic first um, petition to have these duties put in place, immediately there was that um, reaction where we started to see Moroccan and Russian deliveries of phosphates to the U.S. drop off. Um, largely you know, with that fear of um, retroactive additions of um, of the tariffs. So obviously it would, would cost people money for what they'd previously shipped. And I think because of that, we saw obviously the US very, very quickly result to, I want to search a better phrase than scrabble around to fill the gap, but there was very much that concern. And we saw, you know, NOLA prices on an FOB basis grow very, very, very rapidly. And I think what we have to consider too is, Really, China was a loss to the U.S. even before that because of tariffs placed um, between products and cross-commodity trade between the U.S. and China. So really, with the additions of these other tariffs looming, the U.S. has been blocked from the three world's three biggest phosphate exporters. So this is another blow to that market where you encourage that tightness. So really, it's been a lock off in trade and a lack of deliveries from Russia and from Morocco and July to December. We've seen more non-traditional markets try and fill that gap, be it Saudi, Jordan. um, Even I think we've seen a couple of Egyptian cargoes go there. And all this has done is helped, as I said, boost the prices. NOLA FOB prices, if I recall correctly, went up to nine year highs at one point. And we've also seen buyers turn to the TSP market for purchases because it is that better priced, more competitively priced than MAP and DAP. But obviously the DOC, as you said, Tim, in the last couple of days, I believe it was the 9th of February, um, finalised their thoughts and their tariffs. So it's going to be uh, just under 20% they have proposed for Morocco, um, around just under 10% for Fosagro in Russia, for Eurochem in Russia. We're looking closer to 50 from what was you know, 75 and other Russian producers around 17, 18. Um, and what we have really seen in that is whilst at these higher levels of tariff, which they did put in place, would completely detract MAP and DAP deliveries, from all these producers to the US. The fact that, that MAP prices in the US have increased so significantly and the tariff on Fosagro is now closer to 10%, this now is looking a little bit more likely that MAP won't be as heavily impacted. So depending on what happens with that final decision from the International Trade Commission, which is, I think, due by the 25th of March, we could see it will be more Morocco that's cut out of this trade route. And that's what we're expecting to linger. And Russia could have a bit more of a window of opportunity for sale. But obviously, this will be price dependent, as even if prices drop, that 10 percent will still be applicable. So do you, do you think then that the, there could be some changes coming in the, in the final ruling coming in March uh, in terms of the, the scale of the duties for each country? Or do you think we the numbers we've seen just recently released will be where they settle? And what do you think the impact will be of these duties further out uh, for the rest of this year and into, the, into next year? Um, we took a bit of a deep dive into the, the, the duties as they stood in the preliminary ruling in, in analytics, the last processed uh, phosphates in January. 
And then we um, had started to consider that with this change of, of, of government leadership in the US, with obviously the inauguration of Joe Biden, there is this possibility that is lingering in the backs of people's minds that a complete U-turn could be made and these tariffs could not be approved and no harm could be found to be done um, by the International Trade Commission. And obviously that would be for, for, for Morocco and Russia, that perfect world. And we could see things slowly. I'm not saying it would be change overnight, but slowly return to normal and that progress back to the previous trade and you know, pre-June way of, of business that we'd seen. Um, but obviously the, the Morocco tariff was, was edged up. Um, on it because it was previously revised twice and the Russian tariffs were, were, were significantly reduced. And obviously this is making, if these are levied, which is, you know, I would at the moment hesitate to say they'd be altered beyond this. This would be the levies put in place if they were. It is a bit of better news for Russia. And I think as well, but if, if we do look at it, it will be the Saudis most people are expecting who will plug that gap that will be left by Morocco, that will to an extent be left by the by the Russian side of things. But it's not just, I think, really, we have to look at that trade between the US, Russia and Morocco. We have to look at the, imp the impact that will be seen on the other on the wider market. Obviously, we know it's like when it comes to it, OCP has a very flexible product base and flexible product portfolio. They have the NPK, NPS, MAP, DAP flexibility between within their units, particularly their new dual phosphate hub. But, you know, they will still have a certain production quota of each. So Brazil could benefit, for example, from seeing a wider availability of Moroccan and Russian MAP, which would allow Brazil to have very competitive products. But I think the thing that I'm really seeing um, is that I remember this from my days in the sulfur market. And when it comes to the tariffs, it's the Chinese phosphate producers that have been very concerned about the decision and what will happen. OCP over the last few years has been chipping away at gaining market share in the Indian market, with India being the biggest DAP importer. And that has been um, eroding Chinese producers share into India. It has been meaning that prices have been softening. It's what aided that price softening we saw in mid 2018. And I think this is something that does need to be considered. It's going to be that potential longer term shift where we see Russia, when we see Morocco pushing more product towards the Indian market. And that will damage the business, potentially damage the margins, definitely, for these Chinese producers who already do have those higher costs, particularly compared to OCP, who have that raw material pool of phosphate rock on their doorstep. They have a huge um, ability to pool sulfur and sulfuric acid from many markets, but also that ability to switch between the two, which allows them to really you know, perform that raw material product arbitrage. So it's not just that US-Morocco picture to consider um, at the moment. It is that broader impact, particularly on what it could do to prices in the East and also what it can do in the end to those Chinese phosphate producers. Wow. It does sound like the implications of these duties are uh, quite far reaching. It's almost like this, the card deck gets thrown up in the air and uh, we, we have to wait to see where the, the cards land uh, because uh, trade patterns uh, could get disrupted. And certainly there'll be shifting uh, markets for, for the leading suppliers to focus on, depending on the level of those tariffs and, and how they get configured. Uh, Kerry, there's so much else I could ask you today. Um, you mentioned India and uh, the role of the Indian market for buying raw materials versus finished products. You mentioned Saudi coming as a, uh, a global force in phosphates uh, in the next few years. Uh, you mentioned Morocco and their strategy, which is uh, really important for global phosphates. But I think we, we should probably wrap it up uh, for this issue and, and, and leave those juicy topics for the next time. So thank you very much for joining me and for sharing your insights. The 
the way the market's developing is fascinating and it's good to speak to you and, and just get under, under the hood and understand some of these uh, these drivers so thank you for your time uh, we really appreciate that uh, thanks to the listeners thanks to, for listening to the this issue of the inside fertilizer analytics podcast if you are a subscriber to uh, to august process phosphate analytics then of course please go into august direct um, our delivery platform and download the latest uh, the latest reports. There's two recent reports available. The, the one is the quarterly process phosphates report, which is a, a PowerPoint slide deck really focused on current issues and updating our forecasts. And then there's uh, the annual long term report, which we published in December, which is looking much further ahead and has a lot more detail on our long term fertilizer demand and phosphate demand forecasts, also our long run marginal cost forecasts and more information about long term costs. So a real deep dive and, and very valuable for you if you if you need that information. If, of course, if you're not a subscriber to Argus Process Phosphates Analytics, then please visit Argus Media, the website, to find more information about how to subscribe. And uh, don't forget to like or subscribe or follow this podcast that you've been listening to today so you can get the next issue um, and get further updates um, on the phosphates market. So until next time, goodbye.